So hello, everyone. Welcome to this Key Value Retail Technology Podcast. This is our new episode, and this time uh, I'm going to have a conversation with Jonathan, Jonathan Hormans. I'm not even sure if I pronounced your last name correctly. You, <laughs> you can correct. <laughs> okay. Um, Jonathan is responsible for business development at Merco. And uh, yeah, uh, Jonathan, maybe you can tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, happy to. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I hope I don't let the audience down. I hope I have enough interesting things to share. But uh, well, sure. as, as you said, I, I'm head of sales and GTM at Merco. Um, I've been here nearly four years, which as many of you know, in the retail startup scale-up space, it counts as dog years. Um, <laughs> I, I joined Merco after having had my own direct-to-consumer brand, which was within footwear. And we had our own physical retail store in Paris. This was really, I think, at the beginning of when D2C was emerging on e-com about 10 years ago. And although it was very exciting to see what was possible with online and the digital world, uh, we believe that this also needed to be reflected in the real world. And so we opened up a store in Paris and we're really trying to find ways to unify online and offline because we saw that there was a big disconnect between the two. And when that venture ended, I, that, that thought really stuck to me with how, how do you bring online and offline better together? How do you elevate the physical retail element? And that, and that drew me to Merco. I've been there ever since. Wow, great story. I didn't even know that. So uh, yeah, you had your own business in, in the fashion industry. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, sounds uh, very nice. And I also like your comment about uh, uh, the dog years, but at least you don't have as much gray hair as I do. Yet, it's coming. So. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, on top of the, and gray hair always looks worse if you have longer hair, which is the case due to the pandemic right now. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Well, great. I mean, uh, you already uh, mentioned that, um, you know, one of your, let's say, uh, visions is to bring uh, the, the benefits of the direct to consumer uh, from the online world to the stores pretty much so and mm -hmm. i think that's that kind of um already goes in the direction what merco does but for the audience that have has never heard hopefully not but has never heard about merco can you tell us a bit what you guys actually do yeah so merco works with brands like nike and other retailers to effectively better connect their physical retail uh, with online. And we do that by enabling them with digital capabilities that really enhance every interaction that a customer may have with physical retail. So, you know, whenever you think about how can a customer connect with a salesperson or how they engage in store, we try to enhance, enhance that. So kind of an example of that would be uh, Nike when you walk into a store, obviously, if you're buying footwear, you want to know if they have your size. And so the journey really begins with, hey, I'm looking for this Nike Air Max. I need it in a 10 and a half. Do you have it? And traditionally, a salesperson would have to walk away from the customer, go check the stock room. With our solution and solutions like ours, 
The sales assistant is able to do a stock check immediately, see if it's available in-store, online, and other places. But then, when it is available, start adding value add. So, hey, that's a great choice. By the way, how about these great running trousers with them, or this cool shirt, or look at which athlete has been wearing these recently. So it's basically bringing in more inspirational content and things that support why that product was a good idea. Um, what we're kind of seeing as an evolution to that is providing a more personalized experience in store. So understanding who I am or who you are, saying, hi, Christophe, you know, have you shopped with us before? Are you a regular here? And then being able to access your profile, your preferences, your purchase history. I mean, Apple does a fantastic job at this. For, for those of us who are iOS users, whenever you come into a store, they start by identifying you and they can see what tech you have, what you're maybe there for, what would be a nice add-on to what you already have. And we call that clienteling. Um, mm -hmm. So that's also a way of, of engaging better with customers. A, two, a year or two ago, a lot of focus was on checkout and making it easier for people to pay and creating a frictionless payment environment, which is also something we, we enable. So for example, we work with Duffery, which is one of the largest duty-free mm -hmm. companies or retailers in the world. And if you remember the days when you used to fly and travel, um, you're always kind of in a rush in an airport. The last thing you want to do is, is wait in line. So we enabled some of the people in those stores to help you check out, scan your passport, scan your, your ticket so you can quickly pay and, and be on your way. Um, so that's kind of gives you an example of some of the areas we cover. Yeah, I mean, great. Um, everything you mentioned here, um, bottom line kind of improves the customer experience, right? Um, and yeah. um, that is where that that is uh, an area where um, online is really advanced. Uh, I, I definitely have to say, right? Um, mm. Because it's it's more simple. You have everything there. You have all the data. Uh, somebody logs in. They need to. Uh, they have cookies. Um, uh, you have cookies that you can use, uh, and and that's what you're trying to bring into the the real world into the stores to improve the customer experience. And I think today, and not, not just right now because of COVID, but also before, um, it was really important to, to improve that customer experience uh, in store. Um, do you agree? I mean, do you think that that, that is necessary? And, uh, and if yes, why do you think it's necessary? Yeah, so I, I do think it starts with customer experience. Um, why is customer experience necessary? Because, you know, very simply, if you have a bad customer experience, you don't go back. If you order food from Deliveroo for the first time and the Thai curry you got doesn't taste good, there's a lower chance that you're going to go back and give it a second try, right? And I think same thing with retail or apparel and fashion. If you go into a store and you have a bad experience, consistently, you might not go back. Um, you might still shop with them online, but you might just decide to, to switch. So fundamentally, I think customer experience is important. However, it's not just, our solution is not just about uh, customer experience. It's also, to a certain extent, about data mining and leveraging mm -hmm. data. So mm -hmm. 
retailers have a lot of information or brands have a lot of information with us that we share with them. And that, as you said, those cookies, those, that browsing history can actually be used to our advantage so that when I land on the homepage of a website, the products there are adjusted to my habits and what I typically like. And it's, it makes my life easier because I have to search around less. So imagine that same kind of experience could happen in store where I walk into a store and a salesperson is not just recommending any kind of sweater or any kind of color, but is curating the products that are being recommended based on my preferences. And in that relates to customer experience because I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it better, but it's about using data and then subsequently also capturing data of my journey in store. So that can then be sent back to online and really provide a brand, a 360 view of who I am and what I like and what my behavior is like in store versus online. I think that um, when we think of customer experience, there, you know, it's used in a lot of different ways, but I think one uh, reason why physical retail is so important is because it humanizes a brand. It is really the one place where you are able to create a human relationship and interaction between a brand and a person. And so when we talk about bringing technology in store, it's not to create distance between customers and salespeople or customers in the brand. It's just about making sure that the what's being offered and the service is at a, at a level that we're all used to now because of our e-com browsing habits. Okay, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I can personally relate to that a lot um, because, um, you know, I, I enjoy shopping the most and I'm, I'm sure the audience does too. If you find everything that you're looking for quickly, if you feel that if you go into a store, they understand who you are, uh, they offer you the right products, um, you know, that, that really yeah. uh, makes it very enjoyable. And um, yeah, so I, I definitely have to visit a store that is using your solution uh, very soon. I, I think I might have not uh, done that yet, but um, we need to talk where the next one is. Yeah, well, I think, yes, I, think I think many retailers are trying. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of challenges that they're facing, obviously also because of the pandemic. Um, and, and we're starting to, as consumers, feel the benefits of some of these improvements happening. Um, I think it's just happened a bit slower than yeah. what, what we would have expected or hoped for. But I, I think the pandemic has actually accelerated the need for some of these things that retailers have been kind of contemplating or initiatives that they've been kicking kicking the can down the road for, for a different day. So I, I think this is really a time where you're going to start to see the implementation of that when stores reopen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you mentioned the pandemic. Stores are closed um, almost all over the place in Europe right now and all mm. over the world. Um, obviously, your solution is used in store. Uh, that means that uh, right now, uh, as most stores are closed, um, we cannot enjoy as a consumer your, the benefits of your solution. Or is there a functionality or is there some kind of, um, let's say, benefit you can bring to retail, retailers even if their stores are closed at the moment? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, so three years ago, the answer would have been no. Um, but as a platform, we're constantly thinking, where is the next level of engagement going uh, between customers and some form of physical retail? You know, whether that be product or whether that be salespeople or maybe even just the environment of seeing what the brand looks like in, in real life. So an initiative that was um, started last year was our remote selling. And mm -hmm. what that basically is, there's two components. There's an inbound component where I'm a customer, I'm on Nike.com, and I have a question about fit, or I have a question about performance. And I don't want to speak to a bot. I don't want to do a lot of research. I just want to speak to someone and ask them for help like I would in a store. Mm -hmm. And so remote selling in that context is enabling a customer to be connected with a live salesperson or dedicated trusted advisor instantly so that they can continue um, the shopping, but with the help of someone. Some people have taken that further and are saying, you know, I, I not only want some advice via a message or texting. I actually want to speak to someone kind of like you and I, we can see each other, we can have a conversation. Yeah. And so we've seen really this um, initiative of virtual selling be pushed forward where people are booking appointments to have a consultation with a trusted advisor. And so that's another thing that we've enabled since the pandemic. Um, Something we don't cover yet, and I think it's actually going to be more the role of social media players, but it's, it's you know, I just read an article again today from CB Insights, is live streaming shopping, mm -hmm. right? So they've been doing that in China for many years where someone is actually talking through, showing products, and people are kind of commenting and buying. And, you know, I think that that is a, is a whole new kind of realm that that will yeah. see a lot of a lot of almost um, like growth. almost like home shopping right like uh on tv totally yeah it's like a cvc <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um it, it's definitely like the new median of, of home shopping as you say it's not anything new people would call in and ask questions and be buying and buy now for the special limited edition price etc so that's been an area another area of course um, and this is both in the interest of consumers, but also retailers, is around fulfillment. So I'm buying something online. How can I maybe get that as quickly as possible? So one might be instead of a pair of shoes being sent from a warehouse far away, Nike is leveraging a store that's closest to you. So maybe you can have same day or next day delivery. So this fulfillment piece. Or some people, in, you know, especially in the United States, they had this concept of curbside pickup. So people still wanted to get out of the house. They wanted to get in their car, feel like they had somewhere to go. And they could buy something online and maybe an hour later go and pick it up. Maybe they're not going into the store and having the full retail experience, but they felt like they could, you know, have their outing and have that instant gratification. We think that this fulfillment piece will really continue to be important when stores reopen because we all know the pain with returning a product. If I bought something online, the headache of printing the label, organizing the DHL, waiting for the, the exchange product to maybe come, it, it's just not a great seamless experience. So in some instances, it's better to return the product in store because especially if I'm exchanging something, 
if I need to go a half size up or down in a pair of shoes, I like that instant gratification that here's the old pair and I want the new pair. I hated yeah. to send something back and then wait uh, a couple of days to, to get, uh, you know, uh, just a different size sent back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And especially if you're kind of on your way to work or a restaurant or someone and you can do that um, easily. It's quite a, a compelling experience point that we can focus on, because if you come back to return the shoes or exchange them, I again have the opportunity to create this human connection, speak with you inspire you with other products you're in the store and so how do we maximize that that interaction yeah yeah absolutely great um i mean uh i think it becomes very clear to the the audience that um you guys offer a lot of different functions and processes uh to in improve the the customer experience and to get engaged with the customer um obviously a question that some a retailer probably has is okay but you know where to start um do i need to do everything at once can i start with uh, a specific part of your solution uh for example first concentrate of clienteling um and then do something else later i mean how do you typically approach that question so i think because we're a platform that consists of so many different solutions because they're addressing all of these scenarios and touch points, it can sometimes feel a bit overwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, technically, the way that the solution works is kind of like a digital Lego. There's different blocks that you can put together and different things you can turn on and off depending on a, a number of different things. So in terms of technically, it's quite easy to kind of scale up or down. Mm -hmm. But where do you start? I think that's a question now being asked uh, across tactical issues and strategic issues. So Kenny Wilson from Doc Martens that, um, you know, Doc Martens just went public towards the end of January. He said, in order to thrive, you need to survive, right? So I think the retailer needs to ask themselves, where are we losing customers? Why are we losing business? What are the immediate pain points, the tactical things that we need to address right now. And that's where I would start. And, then, and, and I would really look to say, okay, how do we ensure that that part of the business is strengthened, the relationship with the customer is improved, that it's more seamless, and you know, we have better results. Once you kind of stop the bleeding, then you can really say, okay, how do we turn this patient into a much healthier yeah. being and person to, to really thrive? So I think it depends on the health of the organization, the maturity, um, what you already have in place. And I think you just need to kind of be tactical and strategic about it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, instead of saying, you know, always start with this as a basis, uh, you know, you say, okay, but let's take a look at your business, your business drivers, um, your issues, your challenges, and then make a, a, a really smart decision um, where to focus uh, first. Yeah. Um, but let's say, um, you know, you, you found your focus, you, you understand what, what is the most important for you. How long does it usually take until uh, your clients actually generate benefits and uh, benefit from the solution? So I'd say, you know, um, in integration times vary, but I'd, I'd say on average they're kind of between four to eight weeks depending on where you're starting and what solutions you're turning on but well, because 
Yeah. It's quite quick. Yeah, and the reason is it's an API driven architecture. We we don't require retailers to create things they don't already have. You know, they usually have an inventory feed, they usually have a product feed, they have pricing. We're just we're basically the vacuum that is able to vacuum it all up and bring it together in one place very easily. And I'd say that's kind of on the technical side, our secret sauce is this integration yeah. layer, which you could almost compare to a, a MuleSoft, if you will, right? Um, so that makes the integration easy. Now, in terms of actually then realizing the benefits of that, you know, because we're so closely linked to customer experience, that's almost immediate. As soon as a salesperson is making my life easier in store, the customer is going to benefit from that, right? If you're not walking away from me to perform a stock check, or you're recognizing me and seeing my abandoned basket and saying, "Hey, I have the shoes you were looking at last week. Do you want me to get them?" Like instantly, I feel gratified. In terms of sales in contributing to revenue, you know, you just need to sell one extra item or um, convert one extra customer to start realizing the actual financial yeah. benefits of it. Yeah. So I, I, I'd say that uh, it, it's relatively, relatively quick to start realizing those benefits. Very nice. Good. That's good to hear. Um, it definitely, I think, motivates the retailers to look into this. Um, okay. I think we, we kind of... Um, now uh, wrapped up, um, you know, everything about Merco and what it does. Um, obviously, if there's anyone interested to learn more, you know, they can reach out and uh, we get uh, whoever it is in touch with you um, and, and, and help you learn more about Merco. Um, but I want to also touch on a different topic. Um, I heard that um, and I know that um, actually there is a, a partnership with SAP. Um, That's that, right. Uh, started not long ago, I think uh, late last year. So what's your expectation and why, why have you guys decided to actually uh, partner with uh, SAP? What does that mean to you? Yeah, so we came um, into the SAP ecosystem, if you will, at the beginning of 2020. Uh, I know I know. last year kind of feels like a void for us. So basically January 2020 feels like yesterday. Um, and The reason why we really sought that partnership and why we, we wanted to get involved with that is because, you know, as we know, their, their saying is the best run on SAP, right? And, you know, they've provided the foundation and backbone for some of the greatest retailers out there, including Amazing. Nike. And when you think about solving a retailer or brand's fundamentals and, and making sure that the foundation is strong, Then you can start to think about, okay, how do we add value in, in these different areas that we talked about earlier? So we can act as a natural extension to SAP's commerce cloud, for example. So some of the great personalization that we talked about, the convenience, the omni-channel elements are mirrored between the online world and the offline world. Um, they're doing a lot of work on CDP right now. So basically a, a new and improved version of CRM where date, how can data be collected in these different areas and how can it be utilized better, which again really fits with our mission as well. So I think there were just a lot of great synergies between some of the 
systems that they offer or the ways that they support retail and the white space that we're occupying of being you know, fully dedicated to the physical retail element. Yeah, sounds very promising. I think there's a lot of potential. Great, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I think time is almost up here. Uh, we're already um, 24 minutes into, into this uh, episode. Uh, very interesting so far. Um, I think um, there's one last question uh, I want to ask you. I mean, you guys know the consumers very well, obviously. Um, and all of us hope that the pandemic will and the lockdowns will end soon. Yeah. What's your kind of forecast as soon as doors open again? What's, what's going to be the behavior of, of the consumers? Yes. So I want to steal uh, Steve Jobs's or Apple's kind of famous quote of think different. And I think it's just consumers are going to behave differently. And what I mean by that is we've all picked up different habits. So the customer cohorts that you are used to have changed. And I think retailers need to reevaluate who are the most valuable customers and what are the habits of those most valuable customers. Because I may have been a, a physical retail loyalist and only been buying there, but now shifted partially to e-com. Or I may have kind of never thought about having a virtual engagement with the salesperson, but actually really like it. And I, I like being on my phone and actually in store, I want to be more independent and as well and service myself. So we've all been forced to pick up new habits. And therefore, I think retailers need to be very agile in the beginning to try and understand the new patterns and the new behaviors, right? We've spent the 12, last 12 months at looking, okay, what customers are doing in the online world. And that largely has been the only option they had. When we open up the stores again, and we're going to be seamlessly going between the two, our behavior is going to be different and it's going to be different for, for you and for me. And it's going to be different to what our habits were before. So I, I would just say it's, it's going to be an interesting time for us all to just observe and try and adjust to that as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, I hope we can observe as quickly as possible and not have to wait until later <laughs> summer. Yeah. This. <laughs> for us, it seems to be April knock on wood for yeah. now. Here in London, yeah. yeah. Here in Germany, where I am, we don't even know yet. We're going to learn next week, I think. When oh, uh, fingers crossed for you. Oh yeah, um, but I don't think it's going to be much different, uh, to be honest, because we're now fighting with the the the, the British uh, strains over here too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so. No problem. I'm just joking. Uh, Jonathan, um, thank you very much. Um, thank you for just, having me. This was very interesting, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the audience is going to enjoy um, learning more about this topic. Um, yeah, and I'm going to talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.